church please rise for our first song
Come on in, take a seat. Why don't you grab a pen and paper? Sure. Okay. And what I'm gonna have you do is write a letter to your son that you're gonna give to him when he turns 18. I want you to write a letter to your daughter. Okay. For when she turns 18. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Oh, my. <laughs> Son's only four years old, so this will be interesting. Dear Olivia. Dear Mason. You won't read this letter for six years, and a lot could change between now and then. Hopefully, you've learned by now that it's important to put on clothes before you go outside. Maybe you've learned that vegetables are your friends. I sincerely hope that all of the dabbing has finally stopped. And also that it's pronounced mac and cheese, not monkey cheese, mac and cheese. You dream of becoming a famous singer, so thank you in advance for all the free concert tickets. Is this still your goal to be a professional YouTuber? I know you were hoping to become a giraffe when you grew up, but hopefully you have some even better career options now. It hasn't always been easy. I sat on a piece of gum you left on a chair yesterday and didn't find out until after work. The dishes really do go in a dishwasher. It's not like a metaphor or something. Remember when you cut your own hair and then you tried to fix it? Basically, I didn't sleep for three years straight. But I can tell you this. Despite all the struggles, all the tears, it was completely worth it. And I would do it again, a hundred times over, for you. You are a gift and a blessing. You've changed my life. You are beautiful and strong. You have so much energy in life, and I can already see how incredibly smart and fearless you are. More than anything, I want you to know that I love you. I'm here for you, whatever you need. You have made me so proud. And I am excited to see how God uses your life. You're ready to take on the world. With all my heart. Love always. Dad. 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 Well, happy Father's Day to all the men out there. Dads, grandpas, fathers-in-laws, stepfathers, brothers, uncles, anybody who takes the role of, of a father and pours in to the next generation uh, as we reflect the love of our Heavenly Father to those around us. Um, if you are new here, if you're a guest with us, we are so glad that you are here worshiping with us. Um, we would love to have a chance to meet you. If you'd like to stop by Next Steps after worship, we have a welcome gift for you. Uh, we also have these cards in the chair backs in front of you, and they help you learn ab more about um, what we believe about communion as you prepare yourself for communion. Talks a little bit more about how we can connect uh, with you as a guest, how you can give prayer requests, turn in prayer requests that can be included during worship later in the service. Also some information about tithes and offerings. Um, also, if you'd, if you'd like to learn more about um, what we have going on around here at 1C Church, we have a digital bulletin, so you can take out your phone, you can scan that QR code, take you to the digital bulletin. Uh, we also have printed copies on your way in if you'd like a printed copy. And if you've been around here for a while, you know that we send out uh, weekly emails. Our weekly happenings come out every week with information about what's going on in the life of the church. And more importantly, we have a church center app 
So if you would, it's really the best way to stay connected. It's, it's in your pocket or in your purse with you all the time. Um, and it really helps you connect or be connected or stay connected with the life of the church. Again, it's the Church Center app. Um, one thing we want to highlight is our Blast Summer Camp. So we're halfway through our, our summer. We've got four weeks left. Um, the kids have really been getting blessed by their time here. Um, please continue to pray for them, for the teachers, for the kids uh, that, we, that get to come here and hear about Jesus. Also, if you'd like to bless the summer camp and bless those kids financially, there's a table out in the family gathering space with some tags that you can take, um, purchase an item, a snack, a craft item, something like that, that, that the need is for these remaining weeks. Purchase those items, bring them back, and set them on the table. So a lot of great ways to, to help and be a blessing to those kids this summer. Thank you. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe And in this broken And 
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Yeah, come right on up front. Find a seat on the floor. All right. Make your way on up. All right. It has been really hot, hasn't it? Have you guys been hot this week? Yeah, it's been really hot. And you know what? I'm thirsty. I don't know about you guys, but I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? Is anybody thirsty? Yeah, you want to come up? All right, Jack, come on. Come on up and pick out something to drink out of. Yeah, there you go. The four of you each grabs. All right, here. You want me to put some water in there for you? All right. You got a white cup. And there's a big clear cup. Jet picked a red one. There you go. Oh, you got a tiny little clear cup. There you go. All right. Well, you guys enjoy your water. Let me know. Is it, is it good? Oh, wait a second. Oh, here. There's no more cups, but I got a plate and a fork. I'll, I'll be fine. All right. You guys can go ahead and have a seat and drink your water. I'm going to drink my water too. All right. Here we go. How is it? Is it good? Yeah, nice and cold. I'm not really getting anything. It's, I think it's the fork. The fork's broken, isn't it? I'll just use the plate. It's not, oh, oh, whoa, hold on. Did you get wet? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm going to try not to pour it on you, but I'll just take a drink here. Oh, oh, no. I think it's the water. There's something wrong with the water, isn't there? No. The water's supposed to go in a cup? Yeah, not a plate. Not a plate? Nothing's broken. You're just not supposed to drink out of a plate? You're supposed to. Oh, I see. So cups are for drinking plate. What do you do with plates and forks? Eat with them. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you know what? That kind of reminds me what kids at Blast have been talking about this week. They've been talking about being created by God for a purpose. So let's read what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says. All right? And it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that cool? That God created each one of us unique and special, and he has a purpose for each and every one of you. Just like these cups look different, but they each have a purpose. And even this plate and this fork, they're different than those cups, aren't they? But yet they have a purpose. And just because I tried to use a plate and a fork to drink doesn't mean it's bad, does it? No, I just wasn't using it for the right purpose, right? And were those cups cups before you drank water out of them? Yeah, there were cups, right? And this is a fork. Even though I didn't use it to eat food with, I tried to drink water with it. Yeah. You know what? The same is about, can be said about us because the verses just before here, verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So God created us for a purpose, and we have that purpose but we're created by God and saved by God, and we have special purpose, and we are loved by God, not by what we do, 
the good things we do when we use a cup to drink, even not even by the bad things we do or mess up like I spilled water all over myself. That doesn't make it, that doesn't change my value in God's eyes, does it? No, because God loves us. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That each and every one of you is made special and different, and God has a purpose for each and every one of you. And God loves you so much. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us and for making us special. Help us to see our purpose and live it out each day. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats, and I'm going to go get some paper towels and clean up my mess, all right?
I hope you can capture that, uh, the phrase, there is nothing too dirty that he can't make worthy. And that's the message of God's love. He understands your sin, your brokenness, your dirt, and he responds by sending his son Jesus to come to this earth to take care of that. And we are forgiven because of him. As we now prepare for communion, we, we take a moment to, to kind of go through a couple things to profess what we believe regarding our sin, regarding our Savior Jesus, regarding what's in this meal, and also regarding what we want to do with our lives as his followers. Uh, so this profession is going to be up on the screen. I invite you to join me as we say this out loud. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And the greatest news of all time is that because of Christ, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, your sins are forgiven. And may that good news always strengthen you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those during this next song. Believing Jesus is present and your sins are forgiven. And if you're coming forward for continuous communion, please do so during the song. If you desire either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this be a time where we remember and celebrate, for these are God's gifts for all of God's people. Amen.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord, we thank and praise you that your faithfulness never ends and your love endures forever. You know our present needs. Help us to trust you with them. We offer these prayers up to you. Strength for my good friend as she continues her battle with cancer. Be with the doctors, with her, and with her friends and family. Prayers that I can get this huge job opportunity. Strength for Bobby as she fights her cancer. Be with her through this hard time as well as her friends and family. Prayers for Luther, give him strength and be with him at this time. A blessed Father's Day to my Grandpa Gary Zinnel. He's a wonderful father and grandfather. A happy Father's Day to my mom, Elise, who stepped up to fill the shoes of both mom and dad. We are beyond blessed to have such a wonderful and strong mother. Happy 48th anniversary. Thank you, Lord, for that. Prayers of thanksgiving for the arrival of our new granddaughter, Hallie, this past Thursday. Please pray for my niece who had a massive stroke. Prayers for peace and comfort for Louiva Helbush and her family. Prayers for all who are struggling to get their life right and may they reach out to Jesus for his guidance and direction. Pray for my daughter going to California tomorrow that she's safe and has a safe flight on the way there and back home. A prayer to get into the doctor to get my medicine changed and I can stop having seizures. Please pray for my nephew that his medicine works as it's supposed to and that the doctors get everything figured out. Heavenly Father, be with Nancy. Remove the infection from her body and give her strength and healing. And thank you for Grandma's 100th birthday and Grandpa and Grandma's 82nd wedding anniversary. Continue to be with them and bless them. Bless all of the dads, especially today on Father's Day. Thank you for all the times that they have nurtured, loved, and supported us. We are grateful for them. For those that do not have an earthly father, we are so thankful that we have a heavenly father who loves us all. Lord, your word tells us in Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. As believers in Christ, we can hold fast to this promise. God, you will never waste our pain. You will turn it around for good. Every battle, every painful storm, you will never allow us to walk through deep struggle without allowing it to bring greater hope and purpose both in our own lives and through our place in this world. You bring beauty and strength, hope and goodness 
from every difficult journey and broken day. Lord, we ask you to lift us out of the deep and into greater purpose and blessing up ahead. Restored, redeemed, renewed, repurposed. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stop. Look, it turns out Allie doesn't want to know how we get here. She wants to know why we're here, why God put us on earth. And she's waiting for Ray to answer her. What's wrong with you? It's simple. Oh, okay, yeah. We're going to learn the meaning of life from a guy who once threw his shoe at a swan. <laughs> That's called protecting your sandwich. <laughs> Listen to me. Here's what life is. You're born, you go to school, you go to work, you die. That's it. That's all. Cannoli Marie. <laughs> Listen, we're not talking about what we do while we're here, Dad. Yeah, yeah, the big question is why we're here in the first place. You know, I've spent many a night lying in bed thinking about this kind of stuff. Life's imponderables. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we in the big scheme of things? I think Allie's too young to be worrying about things like this. No, I'm proud of her. I love it that she's such an independent thinker. If she's so independent, why can't she figure this out herself? <laughs> Ray, listen, just get up there and tell her that God put us on Earth to help each other. It's simple, it's direct, it's a good way for her to live her life. What are you talking about? That doesn't answer anything. But what are you telling me that God said, hmm, Earth, let's see, what should I put there? Hmm, that's your God? <laughs> Yeah. No way. It's got to be deeper and cool. Hello, I'm God. Keep going, Raymond. I think you're a wonderful God. Thank you. Thank you. So what did God say? Hey, uh, I'm going to put some humans on Earth so they can help each other. Or I could just skip humans altogether and go hit a bucket of balls. <laughs> oh, I know. It's all in the Bible. You ever think about space? <laughs> what is it? Is it really endless? I mean, if you had a spaceship, could you go flying and flying through space forever? Why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> I'm not kidding around here. I mean, how could space go on forever? And if it doesn't, then what's at the end, huh? Stop it, Robbie. You'll give yourself a tummy ache. <laughs> what about the beginning of time? What was it before that? Before time? Nothing? I mean, what is nothing? How could there be nothing? This doesn't bother anybody else? <laughs> created the heaven and the earth. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let there be light. Okay, 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 okay. It might take me a minute more. A minute more 
Marie, religious scholars spend their entire lives trying to answer this question. You're not just going to flip through the Bible and find the meaning of life. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> That's in here somewhere, too. <laughs> Not sure how many of you have ever had an opportunity to watch Everybody Loves Raymond, but I think it's a hoot. I uh, came across this, I don't know if it was 20 years ago, time has flown by, the meaning of life. Now, Allie was trying to figure this out. Why is she on this earth? And then they have a group of adults, kind of <laughs> misfits, you know, um, trying to figure this out. I, d I did like the scene where the grandma goes to the Bible and starts going through it. I do believe that God's word has thoughts about this. In fact, as a church body, we believe that the Bible is the truth. It is what God has given us so we can know who he is, how he loves, and then what does he desire for his people like you and me? In other words, what's our purpose? As uh, we've been doing now, this is the fourth week into it, uh, we have a summer camp entitled BLAST. And the meaning of the word BLAST, each letter has a, a meaning to it, building lives around sound, sound truth. And as I've said for now a couple weeks, the Bible, the scripture, is God's inspired, inerrant word of God given to you and to me so we can get to know him. And I really hope and pray that you and me would get into the word more and more and more so that the word of God would get into us more and more and more so that we would live out that word more and more and more. So the theme that they covered this last week was the idea and the theme of created in Christ Designed for God's purpose. And I don't know if you've ever wondered that. You know, why are you on this earth? I think it's a very important question. Now, I get this question asked of me in my office. Uh, sometimes a little bit different than that. But in essence, they're just trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? And as a Christian counselor and also a Christian life coach, uh, what I often do is try to help people understand what are their values, what kind of vision should they have in life, and how to live life with a sense of mission and purpose and maybe even urgency. So I want to give you my three definitions of the words uh, values, vision, and mission. Uh, the word values, undebatable truths that cause one to do something or not to do something. They're just really deeply embedded into us, and it stirs us deeply. Uh, then second, vision. The faculty or state of being able to see. Now, that's a good definition, but this is the better one, uh, the second part. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And I'll say this in my office when I meet with people. When you know your values, when you know those truths, those undebatable truths, it kind of gives you a vision for life. You see past today, and you look into tomorrow, and you see that clearly, which then leads to the third thing, mission. 
I do believe when values are under, um, understood and there's a vision for life, then you will live with a sense of mission, a specific task with which a person or group is charged. Now, as I think about this on Father's Day, um, I, you know, there's, there's two guys in particular that I think about, my dad and my, my one grandpa. And some of you heard me talk about my dad. My dad had such strong values about lots of things. And as a kid growing up watching him, I saw those values. I mean, here's a simple one. Maybe, maybe it's something that you value. My dad would never, ever litter. He really cared about the environment. So much so that if we were walking from the car to the, uh, maybe the store, and he would see some piece of litter on the ground, he would stop and pick it up and throw it away. And here I am now, as a 60-year-old, my dad is up in heaven. I, he taught me that value. If I'm going from my car into the church here, and I see something on the ground, I just pick it up. Now, not everybody has that value. See? My dad also valued what I call the underdog. Now, as a police officer for 37 years, um, he saw all kinds of people and he dealt with all kinds of people. But I could tell when I was with him and there were people who were, quote, marginalized by this world. Maybe, they, you know, there's the have and the have-nots. He was always drawn to the have-nots. And he would give to them. I'll never forget, we were driving in northern Wisconsin, way up in the middle of nowhere. A car was broken down and there were some Native Americans that they were just, I mean, they were out in the middle of nowhere and no, nowhere to get back and no, no uh, way to get back. So my dad pulled over. He went over to them and, and asked, hey, what can we do to help you? And you could just tell they just didn't know what they're going to do. So they hopped in the car and my dad drove, uh, we'll just say, 30 miles back into the town to get them there and then brought them back out to the car. I mean, he just wanted to give and he would just give. Maybe you've met people like that. And then that, you know, is passed on to this next generation. I mean, I am drawn to people, uh, sometimes those marginalized people that just, maybe they have a hard time in life or maybe, you know, they, they, they live life and it's just difficult. Okay. Values. Values. Well, we're going to talk about a God who has very strong and specific values for his creation. The God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, and yet personal enough to know how many hairs that are on your head. A God powerful enough to make mountains and lakes and rivers, and yet personal enough to know what you're thinking about right now. Maybe the burdens that you carry that nobody else knows. God knows that. It's because he loves us, and he loves us so much. Well, I want to um, take you into a journey in just a moment where we're going to look at the three purposes, and I think if we just have those kind of framed into our mind, that'll be great, because these are what I call general purposes that will serve you well. But I want to back up for a moment and talk about one individual uh, named Jeremiah. And God had a very specific purpose in his life, and he was going to be a prophet. 
And a prophet back then was to proclaim the word of God or proclaim the values of God, what does God think, to all kinds of people. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And, and yet, yeah, he cried and he lamented. I mean, there's the book of Lamentations. But more than that, you could just see he wore his heart on his sleeve. He really cared about what was going on in the life of God's people. And yet God gave him a burden to go talk to his chosen people and tell them some things that were not so good. So his heart was heavy. And we see it in Jeremiah chapter 20, I believe, yep. Um, and this is what he was feeling. He says, why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? I mean, he was just heavy-hearted. Now, God continues to prove himself worthy because he cared about what Jeremiah was feeling. He cared about what Jeremiah was going through. Because as Jeremiah was telling the people, this is what God is thinking, he, could, he was getting persecution back. He was getting trouble back. And he was feeling the weight of the world. And Jeremiah was wondering, why was he even born? So if we jump nine verses more to Jeremiah 29, here we have God now talking to Jeremiah again. Because he values Jeremiah so much. And he values the message in which he was supposed to share. And now God speaks to Jeremiah these words. Perhaps you heard these. For I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah, right? Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me where you seek me with all your heart. So he's saying, okay, Jeremiah, I know you're discouraged. I know you feel the weight of the world upon you, but come seek me. You'll find me. And I still have a plan for you. I want you to prosper and not be harmed. I mean, this is just how God is. You know, and I was talking with uh, Randy Longacre. You know, we do this every Friday. and We talk about the upcoming sermon. And um, Randy asked the question, and now he says, now this was specifically spoken to Jeremiah. I said, yes. That is an important distinction to make. But we also know the character of God enough that these words also apply to people like you and me. He knows that there are times when we feel discouraged in life, when we feel the weight of the world upon us, where we want to be um, maybe just like Jeremiah, lamenting, wondering why are we on this earth? What purpose is all of that? And I do believe God comes to us and speaks to us and says, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And he'll say the same thing. Seek me and you will find me. Come to me and watch what I can do. So I, I want to give you now these three general purposes in which God has for all of us. And I do believe that if we listen to these, we acknowledge these, and we welcome these into our life, and let these be kind of a driving force in what we do, I think it will serve us well.
today and tomorrow and until we get to heaven. So the very first one is going to be born out of Ephesians chapter 1. And this is um, the message version of it. So um, I just love the way it's, it's said. It says, long before, this is Paul speaking. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy by his love. So this first purpose is to be loved by God and to love God in return. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's kind of hard for us to fathom because we're finite beings, right? We're limited by 24-7. We're limited by, by our knowledge. We're limited by our understanding. But to fathom this, that God... His focus is on you specifically, not just us as a group. That he is thinking about you individually, personally. He knows what happened to you yesterday, and he cares about that. He knows what's going on right now, and also he looks at tomorrow. And you, personally, are the focus of his love. So I'm not sure how you want to wrap that into your mind, but part of the purpose is to come to this understanding that God loves you. And I know John 3.16 is, is often spoken, but don't forget that little word, so. God so loved the world. God so loved you that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So please understand this before we go to any place else. He is locked in on you. He is locked in on what burdens you're carrying, what joys you have. He really is in love with you. But as I have in that purpose statement, he wants us to love him in return. It's this reciprocal thing. And it somewhat goes back to that Old Testament covenant, right? Where God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God. I'm going to start this off. I'm going to show you how to do it. But I also want you to be my people. I want you to love me in return. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at in Matthew 22. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So it's one thing, yes, to receive his love, but it's also to kind of return that love back to him. So that's why we're here. Purpose number one, to be loved by him and to love him back. And maybe I'll just ask you, how's that going? How's that going for you? My sin sometimes... I know I'm always loved by him. I mean, that's kind of a cool thing. It's always there. I don't always love him in return the way he wants me to. So pray about that. Pray that that purpose would become more ingrained in you and that you would live this out by the power of his love. All right, purpose number two um, is born out of Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
And to purpose number two is to help and to love others. To help and to love others. 1 Peter 4 says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You know, I don't know if it was 20 years ago or even 30 years ago, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod had a stewardship campaign. And I know that and for those of you that hear the word stewardship, you get all nervous like it's all about money, but it's not. But the premise behind it was this. Blessed to be a blessing. One of the purposes for which God has blessed you individually, one of the reasons why you are the focus of his love is so that you would love other people as well. So he wants to use somebody like you to be a blessing in the life of somebody else. So purpose number one is to know and to believe God loves us and we love him back. But purpose number two is that we would take those blessings and that love and we would help others to be kind to them, to be gracious to them, to be merciful to them, to bless them. And then the third one. 1 John 2, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Just And maybe keep that up for just a second. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So, I'm just going to ask you, and you don't raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you and make a statement. I really, really hope you see yourself as a disciple. I really, 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 really hope that you are a follower of Jesus. I really do. Because he has called you into this relationship. He wants you to come and follow him and he says, I'll make you fishers of men. But as you see this third purpose, I want you to think about it in two dynamics, right? It says purpose number three, the word disciple. And I want you to think about it as a noun. I also want you to think about it as a verb. A noun is going to describe who you are. A disciple, a follower of Jesus. That's really good. That's wonderful. I hope you bear that title willingly and lovingly. But the second part of this is a verb. I don't know how many years ago, but I, um, I, I think probably it was one of those three o'clock in the morning moments where I just came up with this little phrase in my head. You know what? Disciples, disciple. And it sounds kind of weird to say it like that, but it, it is true. Disciples those who see themselves as followers of Christ will verb disciple. In other words, go out there and share the message of God's love. Mark 16, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Now, maybe you're not called to go over to Haiti or go over to Africa or go over to anywhere. I really think the heartbeat of what Jesus is getting at 
is that you as a disciple would be ready at any time, any place, any locale to share what God has given you. And where can that happen? That can happen in your home. That can happen at your workplace. It can happen at, in the classroom, in the hallways. It can happen at the grocery store. It can happen wherever you are. I think that's the heartbeat of this message. So if you're sitting here today and you say, yes, I am a disciple. I am a follower of Christ. I've received his blessings. But I also received his calling. And that means I'm going to be ready wherever God places me to be a blessing in the lives of others. Now, how is this reinforced? How do we take these three purposes, these kind of general but very important purposes? Well, Proverbs 9, verse 10, I think it sets the tone. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, before we move on from this passage, please understand what the word fear means in this context. Fear is not the fear that we think of while we live on this world. You know what I mean? I just think of fear as you see something scary and you want to kind of close your eyes. Or you think of fear and you want to run the other direction. That's not the kind of fear that the writer of Proverbs is saying. This kind of fear causes us to get on our knees. This kind of fear causes us to put up our arms like this. This kind of fear helps us see who God is and who we are. And we have a sense of awe and wonder in God. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we have a sense of awe and wonder in who he is, the beginning of wisdom. And then it says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. As I said earlier, this whole idea is uh, the, this idea of last, right? Building our lives around sound truth. And the Bible is the only sound truth there is. There's lots of other truths that are good, but they pale in comparison to the Word of God, to the Scriptures. They really do. And I'm going to say this. I really believe the more you get into the Word of God, the more the Word of God will get into you. And the more that happens, it's going to start shaping your life your focus, your priorities. And you're going to understand why you're on this earth. You're going to understand it's not just about you. You're going to begin to understand and have a calling for more. And whatever that means from God's vantage point. So I want to end again going back on the pro, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. And I'd like to invite you to please stand. And we're going to share this scripture out loud together. So please stand. So read this out loud together with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Lord Jesus, thank you again. You give us one blessing on top of another. And thank you for your servant, Jeremiah. Thank you for inspiring him so that we have this word put before us. 
Grant us your spirit, your Holy Spirit. Pour out that spirit in a mighty way into this room and into our lives. That we would know more fully what this means. That you have a plan and a thought for all of us. And what it means to prosper us and not to harm us. So may we go from here thankful for your word and ready to follow the purpose you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.
You've got pain. He's the pain taker. If you feel lost, he's waiting. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison jacket savior. If you got chains, he's a jail. Sixteen.